Welcome to the Reimagining Work podcast. And um, it's episode 20, John. It is episode 20. That's a milestone. That's our second milestone. Or kilometer stone, yeah. Kilometer stone. Yeah, so um, episode 20, Reimagining Learning. That's the title. And mm. um, it's about the soft skills, the training that we do, and the uh, supposed learning that we do. Mm. Uh, and a lot of forgetting that we do, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With many of the training. Um, so, yeah, John, it's your area of expertise. Um, you can uh, kick it off if you want. Well, I, I guess starting um, just before we started the recording, we were talking about or sort of pondering on the kind of workplace trainings or that we'd maybe been subjected to or been sent to. And mm -hmm. I, I was just saying I'm struggling actually to remember to remember one that I was sent on. I do remember the ones I kind of put my hand up and said, I really want to do that. <clears throat> but ones that I was sent on, and I know that I have been sent on some in my time, I think that's um, pretty symbolic that the stickability wasn't there. I, I, I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember, remember going. Going. Um, <laughs> Not I, I kind of have, you've learned. I kind of have vague recollections of, of of my eyes glazing over and slumping in my seat and struggling to stay awake. I've got in, that with high school. In the after lunch period. Yeah, I can remember bits of that through university as well. Um but I think, and I think it's a really important issue because you know that businesses do spend money on, well, they say invest money in developing people. A lot of money. A lot of money, and sending them on training. And it's it is it's my field, really. I mean, in the broadly, I'm kind of I place myself in learning and development world, um, and it concerns me. I think that businesses spend a lot of money. And and how much they kind of get. Not that learning has to have a you know a measurable return on investment per se, but that people have experiences like I've just described, where they go away and they don't actually remember being sent on such and such a course or a training. Hmm. Um, and it kind of seems that you'd really want to think carefully about where you send people and why you're sending them and and what is it that you're sending them to go off and do. Um, are there any things that you can remember? Any trainings you can remember? I've, 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 had a, I've had a few. I mean, uh, like I said, I've, I've worked in IT for eleven something years, and um, yeah, you get training. You get a lot of training. Yeah, that's a field I can. You need like a lot of development. Lots of yeah. te technical side of stuff. I yeah, suppose. a lot of technical. But when I started out, um, there was um, you were grilled for a very specific. Uh, I mean, I did not know what the industry was about at all. I mean, I okay. just signed up. I needed a job. I didn't have a proper job and I needed a job. And this was in, when was it, 1998, I guess. And it was, IT was booming, right? I mean, that was like, and um, people were getting jobs all over the place and mm. these cars. This was back when the company that I worked for did a um, uh, recruitment in a um, car dealer mm. uh, showroom, mm. right? So somebody came in, did the test, made the test, picked the car. Good marketing. Um, I didn't do it that way. I went through a recruitment agency, so I had to do like two days of testing, then another test, and then I had to do the actual test to get into the company. So I did a lot of testing, and I made them all, and I was like, woo, I'm smart. Mm. 
<laughs> and um, but they groomed you. They, they bought you from the recruitment. So uh, they they just bought batch ITers basically. Right, right. And uh, and they groomed you for a specific uh, task, and mm -hmm. that was uh, just um, computer support basically, uh, server support yeah. on Windows environments. And uh, so there's there was a lot of technical training, obviously, and that's just uh, learning an IP stack. Mm. What what is an IP packet made of? You know, but you have to know it. Yeah, it's, it's I, I know there it's were knowledge. like eight layers, I think, but I don't remember any of them. And I knew it, but uh, and you never use it, right? And and then uh, there we go. On the other hand, we had, I think, we'd call in this specific context the soft skills mm -hmm. so where you um, have to deal with people mm. where you have to deal with a angry I want to say customer but it's, it, it's it's another employee within the but yeah somebody that you know my computer ain't working and uh, you know did you put in? The, did you turn it on? Right. Have you turned it off? And I've tried. Well, to you know, it's it, all the cliches that you know. I mean, they're real. I mean, <laughs> and they, they have come from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, they happen. They happen. And uh, but it's replacing PCs and all those kind of things. But you have to sometimes deal with people that don't want their computer messed with. You know, they always say like, "It's my computer. I got all sorts of stuff on there." Yeah. Well, you need to keep it on the network and your C drive. You have to keep it clean so we can change the machine. It isn't yours. Mm -hmm. Mm. Anyway, but you have to deal with that. So that's what you learn. Yeah. And that, that was like early in the beginning where we learned technical on one hand, uh, dealing with people on the other end. And uh, I must say, I mean, you learn a lot from the technical training. And uh, you have to be certified or you have to get your certification sure, at some point. Yeah. And so you have to show your, you know, you have a certain level, I guess. And... Um, you do use your uh, your people skills, and they they tend to stick. So, can you remember when when you did that the people skills um, side of stuff? How 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 they did that training, or how did they conduct the training sessions? We had a uh, like I said, they they stuck. Mm. Uh, we had training in a classroom, basically. I mean, there's there's theory. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you have a um, teacher, professor, or whatever. It was neither, but and um, he gave the training. And uh, at some point, you get into your role playing. Aha! Uh, uh -huh. Okay, so there was some interactivity. There was a, yeah. a, a some experiential yeah. element yeah. to it because yeah. he's he, you're like the, uh, the 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 little uh, IT dude from the basement. Yeah, who needs to do something on the computer, or you have to explain about uh, an incident mm. uh, to the you know the director of the company, and yeah. he's going to give you a hard time, a yeah. really hard time. Yeah, yeah. And then you just have to you know write it out and and not get angry, don't get stressed out, and all those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, because I, I mean that's what I I certainly advocate is that opportunity to rehearse things and do something in a relational way rather than a chalk and talk sort of way if you're doing those sorts of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other stuff, the, the technical side of things, uh, that kind of knowledge, inf knowledge of information stuff, you teach in a different way because it requires different sorts of um, 
you know, sort of access and storage in, into your yeah, brain it, it, and your mind. It's much yeah. more, what uh, you do, do split up your brain with that, right? I mean, you get much more into the analytical yeah. and um, uh, what is it? Um, how are you? Uh, you've got the creative half yeah, and you've got the neo, your... The, your neocortex, the, the, the analytical, the thinking yeah. brain. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's where you, where you end up with, with, the, with all the real IT stuff. I mean, it's, sure. yeah. it's, it's just facts and numbers. And I mean, if you build a network, how long can a cable be from, from one node to another node? Mm-hmm. Right? Those kind of, and back then, I mean, that was important when you, mm-hmm. when you build a mm-hmm. network. You need to know how far, how many computers do you, can I put onto a hub before the whole thing just fries? Sure, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. that's just numbers, right? And you have to know these kind of things. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no emotion, just learning. Yeah. Now, when you mentioned the, the people skills stuff from your background, then I started to slowly recall some things that I had attended mm-hmm. where they did stick for me as well. And I think it was about a combination of I was interested in that stuff and it was the way that it was taught, that it was a, it was a relational kind of interactive sort of experiential 3D experience um, rather than a bunch of knowledge and information that was chalk and talk, you know, written down and explained to me. Yeah, so that stuff does stick for me. Because um, one of the things I think is important is um, getting that kind of congruence between the thing that you're teaching and the way that you teach it, um, which I'd, of I'll kind of say I'll say something about that toward, towards the end. I guess my mind's gone now to soft skills because you, you you were bringing it up, and I think about stuff that gets. Well, I've been reading this for years. You probably have as well, like the essential skills that businesses need to survive and thrive in the 21st century. You know, and every day I'll kind of read something else and go, well, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, there's a, there's another one. Yep, yeah, there's another one saying it. There's another one saying it. <laughs> and a part of me wonders. Our, our business is investing in that stuff in, in a real way to actually get that real change because to hear you describe those two sets of things that you've had to learn, the technical and the, the soft, I'll, have a, I'll say something about soft skills in a minute, but technical and soft, um, it's, it's kind of like oh, people say we need to develop more of the soft stuff. We're in an information age. We're using more work processes that require people to relate to each other and have empathy and all those sorts of things. But I wonder how much investment actually goes into those things. I, I'm thinking about now what you're saying and what I just said about learning soft skills and, and those kind of things. The, the, the reason why I learned those, thing, those, those, those things of dealing with people is mm. to uh, close an incident quicker, you know, Settle the argument, move on, and um, that's a really interesting point. Yeah, because later on, I never had those training and uh, trainings again. Training, mm. trainings. Yeah, trainings. Yeah, I never had them again. When I was like going into project management, those kind of things, you know, you learn about process. Yeah, yeah, like Prince Two, you learn Prince Two, you learn the whole freaking process of, you know, and all the terminology that everybody knows what we're talking about and everybody's talking about the same thing and at the same time and all those kind of things. But you, there wasn't any training anymore about how to deal with complex situations when the people were involved and those kind of things. How come? Was that conscious, we don't invest anymore in this stuff or was that you've, you've done it, you can tick the box, you've learned how to deal with 
No, because the two are not, in, in, in the sense, they're not related. Uh, the, the, the early training that I did, I was, that was literally boot camp also. Like yeah, the first right. two weeks I joined the company, you, you, you do training. And then you, you study. You, you don't really get a gig anywhere, but you just come into the office. There's a, there's a classroom and you, you study with each other. You have pretty much you have study groups and, and just to learn as much as possible. And I think, I don't know if it was in the podcast or, yeah, I think about the company that prepared itself to being sold. I mean, it's, it's just a good thing to have a lot of people on the payroll that are certified. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah. statistic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but the soft skills, I mean, they were actually useful. But uh, no, I and uh, by the time I got to you know project management and Prince Two, it was a different company by then. So it was bought out, and you know, yeah, we were yeah. part of another company. So uh, the actual progress uh, wasn't taken into consideration with doing anything new. So the one was not related to the other. So they didn't look back and said, well, you had soft skills. You don't need them anymore now. Uh, no, I don't, don't think that was related in that way. It's, it's, just, not, it's just not something that, that a lot of attention went in. Well, I'll just take up the, the thing you said that you, you, you learned them. There was a motivation because it helped you to close an incident quicker. And one of the things that's connected often with soft stuff is it's not measurable or it's hard to measure. Um, and I think there's a really good measure. It's just the you way you can that demonstrate it, gets, it. You can demonstrate it, but the way it gets measured is quite different. Like if you did, if you did um, a, a technical training on um, what was the thing you said, IP stacks, mm -hmm. they could give you an exam at the end of it to to see whether you yeah, had you taken the information in. If you develop the ability to to um, bring incidents to a close much quicker. You're not going to be able to know that you know that until you have a real life incident. And over a bit of time, you go, actually, I'm dealing with these things much quicker. See what I mean? The measures is different. There's, they, can't take, they can't take out their clipboard and say, well, let's just test whether you can, you can uh, resolve conflict better. That gets translated into something real life. And I think that's one of the challenges I, that go along with businesses with deciding whether do we invest in soft skills is how yeah. do you measure the return? Yeah. And I think this is the thing that I'm quite passionate about is that the return comes because people are different. And I've had people for years um, say um, things, and I've heard other people who do similar sorts of work shy away from the admission that at the end of, at the end of my, my work, people will become different. Because it seems like that, that, was, that was bad that somehow a people, people's personality might change was just bad because learning is not about changing personalities. Learning is about getting new stuff and information. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I went along with that. And then I kind of, I've realized in recent years, actually, if I come away from a piece of work, say I'm doing some stuff around helping people to, okay, to use that to manage conflict. Say I'm doing stuff around people to uh, develop greater capability around having challenging conversations, having what we talked about in the previous podcast, having that 20 seconds of courage in the first instance. If I do this stuff, if people's personality hasn't changed in some tiny way, then I haven't done my work properly. Mm -hmm. So now when people say, "Is this, this isn't one of those things where I'm going to change my personality or change who I am, I go, well, yes, absolutely, I hope so. Because what <laughs> would be the point of learning how to have, manage conflict in a much more easy and satisfying way 
if something about you didn't change. Mm -hmm. If you were learning how to use MYOB, then I would wonder, really, I don't think your personality is going to change. As a human What's being... MYOB? MYOB, you know, accounting program. Oh. It's, an, it's a business accounting pro pro program. Oh. If you're learning a, you know, how to use MYOB or you're sent on a thing on how to use an Excel spreadsheet, you know, have, you know a two-hour training workshop mm -hmm. on how to use an Excel spreadsheet, I would wonder... Seriously, if if you know people came away from that being changed as a human being, they might do. They, they, you know, <laughs> oh. they might they might they might have met the love of their life. And the, the yeah, same. exactly. If, it, if but, it's but just really, about the baking spreadsheet, they need a life. You know, but, yeah. Okay. Um, something may happen, but I guess it's the focus of the work, the so-called soft stuff, which is which is a term I also have been increasingly taken exception to. Um. So yes, your personality will change if you learn this stuff. For and yes, better. I think for the better, um, because anything also that's done in an ethical way will only change, offer you the opportunity to change the aspects of yourself that you wish to change. It will warm you up. It will open some doors. Mm -hmm. So it's nobody's gonna. It's not mind control. Is what I'm saying. And I think that's been a fear of people in businesses either making a decision to invest in, you know, buying some of these things, or people signing up to do them. Of ooh, um, well, we're we're not really, uh, you know, a therapy center. We're not in the business of changing people. And I think, well, goodness me, if you're in customer service, if that if your business weighs heavily on customer service, I think it would be a pretty good thing to offer people the opportunity to have much better conflict resolution skills, much better negotiating skills, yeah. much better skills in de-escalating stressful situations. I think that would be a marvelous thing for people yes. to want to learn yeah, and absolutely. develop, you know, and sort of add into it's, their personality. A voluntarily positive, yeah, uh, enforcement, you know, of absolutely. Change. I mean, it's, absolutely, it, yeah. it only adds to your your character. I mean, it, it enriches you in a way, and it, it you can also use it very, very usefully outside work, outside of work, right? That's I right. mean, it's 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 very valuable skills, and if you, um, yeah, I don't know, maybe the terminology is just a little bit, you know, I wouldn't call them they're soft because they're intangible right you can't can't hold it you can't get hold of it i mean it's like a soft copy versus a hard copy that's I mean, right and that that's literally how it's perceived yeah but it's an interesting thing of what language does to our perceptions as well the like the other way around yeah, yeah i exactly. get the thing that it's um that's it's the about problem. intangible but when that's why i picked on that that thing that you said which is i did it so i could shorten my um incident the, the time to kind of close an incident. There is a tangible for me. And I think because we haven't yet developed a full enough language or way of, of viewing, perceiving these skills, we still see them as soft. I think actually, and I've heard other people who are, you know, my peers say this, actually they're very hard. They are the hard business skills of the 21st century. Because if people cannot, in an information relational age, uh, develop the ability to have more empathy for other human beings, when there's more customer service that's going on in the world because we've got more service industries. If you don't know how to de-escalate a stressful situation with a, an angry caller, then you're in some trouble. And yeah. knowing your company, and I have personal experience of this with a, a, my previous internet provider, having being passed from customer service care officer to customer service care officer five times who every person would just repeat their terms and conditions to me escalated my anger. Not one of them did anything to de-escalate my anger 
until I finally had to write to a senior manager and get my complaint dealt with at a senior level. And it was done satisfactorily. And, and her response to me was, I am so sorry that it had to, get to, this, it had to escalate to this stage where you feel this way about my company. You know, here's your money back. Satisfied about that, but I will never go and use that company again if I can at all help it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when um, it stings, it stings. So there's a hard business skill. They've lost a customer. Not only that, I took to social media and, <laughs> you know, found other people who were in a similar boat. And, you know, and I discourage friends and family from using this particular internet provider, actively discourage. It there's also, a hard business skill if ever there was one. It also goes to, uh, to, to, uh, overall happiness and satisfaction at work, right? That's right. I mean, if you can't deal with, with those kind of situations, then every day becomes a struggle because you're, you're, you are going to meet people like that. It's inevitable when you're in customer sure. service. Yeah. So you need to be able to deal with, or it's inevitable with dealing with people. So yeah. the better you can deal with it, the, you know, the most more useful it is, and, and especially customer care. I mean, you get to deal with, you know, sometimes really, really, really angry people. Sure, and, and I imagine that it takes a it it takes probably most average people quite a bit to get angry about something like true. internet yeah. service or you know that's yeah, yeah 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 yeah. So by the time you've got to that point of being angry, you kind of think, Jesus, these people have been through a lot to get this angry. This is now it's quite serious, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. And if you, I mean, if, if that, if you know that you're going to get one or two every day and you don't know how to deal with it, then it's just the Russian roulette that you're playing because every call yeah. that you get is going to be the one that, you know, drives you in a corner. And if you know how to deal yeah. with that, yeah. then it, it makes life a lot easier and, and much more rewarding because if you can have a, a high tension situation and deflate it, uh, that and just solve the problem yeah that can be tremendously uh, gratifying yeah uh, i mean from experience i mean yeah if you have a job to do and you can do it just you know properly yeah I mean, th that 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 serves and help people and help people yeah exactly through. people yeah. end up happy and, and another happy customer leaves the building i mean yeah that's the goal and and you can you, you actually have influence if you're just not dealing properly with somebody, then you know you not only ruin your own day, but you know you ruin their day too. And yeah. instead of helping them and you know get them through the next uh, whatever, yeah. There's so, one. There's one organization I, I'm just thinking now that does. I, I imagine does a pretty okay job of this. Um, they've kind of identified that there is the need, there is the business need. They need their people who are interacting with customers to have some of those skills, those social skills. And it just feels to me from experience, I could be entirely wrong, and listeners who have experience of the same business might go, are you mad? And it's Transport for London. Okay, people who people who run, who work on the buses and the undergrounds and the overgrounds. And my oh, very helpful. Are incredibly helpful people, and I've all and also I've seen I've seen them at really sharp, pointy moments de-escalate potentially dangerous, not dangerous, life-threatening, but you know this could explode dangerous situations. I've yeah, seen ruin your day uh, situation. And I kind of watch from a distance as a person who's interested in social skills and things, how they skillfully de-escalate and and calm down angry, stressed, 
irritated passengers mm-hmm. and I go, they've probably invested a little bit into this. That's really good thinking because that is where well, that's, that's, the pointy, that's the pointy end of their business, isn't it's it? Exactly. It's a very, very visual, open, uh, public uh, um, um, part that they're playing, you know, role yeah. that they're playing. I mean, it's very visual. Everybody's there. And you you don't want to imagine what would happen if they cannot deflate a situation like that, especially in some stations which are just, you know, mightily busy. Um, things can escalate. I mean, they do escalate, right? And you just don't want that. You don't want any panic. You don't want any trouble. You want yeah. everything to be as, you know, as smooth as possible. So, yeah. I mean, I, I could stand there, you know, walking to to the tur- turnpike, whatever, and just wondering where to go. And somebody will be on me, like, in seconds mm-hmm. to keep me moving, to help yeah. me out, yeah. to guide me to the right, cl- uh, you know, whatever yeah. I need to go. All you need to say, I need to go, oh, you go, blah, 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 boom, and you're gone. I do not stand still in a train station for more than five seconds. Yeah. Because you don't have to. I mean, somebody comes up to you to. and helps you out and sends you on your way. I'm yeah. sure there's got there's there's a lot of uh, security reasons for that too. Uh, I mean, people who are moving are generally not not a threat. Mm. So um, I mean, I'm sure that uh, that is uh, a great underlying uh, reason, but it doesn't take away from the way that they deal with you. And yeah, they do absolutely. it instead of going like. Oh, Move along, keep moving, and you know they just come up to you. Can I help you? I go blah blah blah. blah yeah, when you're gone. But the things that like one of the things that irritates me at busy times is when people come onto a platform, underground platform, and they kind of crowd around one part of the platform just as the the foot of the stairs. Yeah, instead of moving. And, and, and as a customer, I'm kind of muttering to myself, "Move down the platform, you idiots!" But the, you know, the people who are on the, working on the platform are really friendly about it. And I'm sure that there's something they say a million times a day. So it's probably yeah, one of those, true. I don't believe I have to say this again. But they do it in such a way where you think, That's, thank you for doing that. Because if I'd said it, I would have, I would have ended up being slapped. You know, how about you move down the platform? There's loads of space down there. You'll get onto the better end of the train. You know, they do that in a way which just kind of means they, in a way they melt into the background. You're unaware of, they're unobtrusive. But they really make things move smoothly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if anybody who works for Transport for London is listening to this, you know, kudos. Don't get complacent. Though. There are exceptions. And if you need some help with those exceptional staff who still need some work, get in touch with me. However, yeah, go on. Plug yourself. Why don't you? It's evident to me. Yeah, it's <laughs> evident to me that, that there's there's an investment that, as you say, works on so many levels. Like there's a there's a danger to you know sort of terrorism risk that might be prevented. There's a health and safety risk that they deal with. There's a there's a there's a keep people yeah. moving so that they you know they don't get um, upset and angry waiting on platforms for too long. There's lots of notifications on so many levels. They seem to have invested and they can see there's a return on the investment. In that people go, London's got one of the best transport systems in the world. And even even if you take out the um, um, the human element, right? If yeah. you just if you just um, imagine that they are trained um, in a way where they go literally like these are I don't know how they're trained, right? I mean, this could this, it could 
possibly be true that they're trained with these are not people that you're dealing with right yeah these are just elements they're passengers that that's what they are they're they're a unit mm. right and on peak levels you have so many units coming into yeah. the train station yeah. that you just get bottlenecks and yeah. their job is to uh, eliminate or minimize the bottlenecks right yeah. so is if yeah. there's at the bottom of the stairs there's a bottom there are too many units you create a problem there's a unit that can fall off on to the track for instance just because there's not enough space so yeah. you need to keep the units moving that's your priority but in order to get them moving you have to adopt a certain attitude that's right yeah and and that's the trick right i mean that's the it's, trick. it's logistics and yeah. if you but if you need to able need to be able to interact with the units in a certain way which actually makes them move and the best way to do that is to be freaking polite <laughs> yeah you know if See, you yeah, start yelling then I they won't that, do it that's a really good point that that really underlines the point that Many businesses have units that they have to deal with, but they stop and they stop where they think of them as units. And I think my experience of TFL is that they have developed things like, knowingly or unknowingly, things like compassion for human beings in an effort to keep the business moving, to keep the units moving along. They've seen beyond people as units. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, and I think that's, that's a sign of a business for me um, that sees soft skills not as soft they see them as the hard skills of business absolutely because yeah. they're the most crucial part of the whole thing yeah. i mean okay. the patterns that you're looking for uh you know the the the, the bottleneck or the, the crowd and those kind of things yeah. are just numbers yeah. right and and i'm i'm not entirely sure but i can perfectly imagine that they go like one two three four five. that's too big a group yeah that, that they get a that's, they get a you know, yeah. yeah exactly at some point you don't have to count anymore but I'm sure that they worked out you know nine people's fine eleven people not good yeah yeah right yeah, yeah. and then they have to break it up and the way they deal with that is in a very polite and you know manner helpful and th those kind of things so you and and that's they figured out how to deal with that and that makes that soft skill very hard it makes it the so, most important way to deal with it. So, so we're kind of we're kind of edging to a, a thing that I I'm becoming more and more vehement about, which is to change our, the way we see them away from soft. And I know it's a word that they've been given because they are um, intangible or they're hard to measure. Or Feminine. but the point that I made earlier that I'd like to address is that the word also influences how we see them. And I'm thinking of a person in a in a business, a manager who's got some discretionary spend on training staff and the soft things are often perceived exactly as the word i think of some synonyms for soft fluffy weak gentle weak mild manner like I said, feminine, feeble feminine effeminate yeah feminine delicate easily overcome like these are synonyms not important and so soft and then it's important because we ascribe a meaning to the word so soft yeah. skills are soft oh. skills yeah. and we don't want soft things you know things because in business it's the hard things that get the job done it's the real job business it's the does hard the hard numbers. things it's, it's we don't want soft things think about you know soft things like soft rock and soft drink and soft hearted we don't want soft <laughs> things we want hard things in business yeah. The only things that we really want to be soft are like, you know, puppies and toilet paper. Yeah. And, and so I, I'm on, this, I'm on this, this kick lately when I hear it to gently engage in a soft way the conversation 
just to shift perception around what these things are. Partly because I, I'd like to get, you know, doing some some more of the stuff I do with more clients. So I think that, I think it's really important that people learn these skills if they want business to be effective. Um, partly because I think it really is time for a rethink. You know, we're rethinking a lot of the ways we do business, and That's I think this has got to be part of it. And I think these really are the these are the hard skills of a twenty first century business. Let's face it, uh, uh, John. I mean, um, politicians. Uh, poets, priests, and politicians—these uh, kind of people—they—they—their uh, success is defined by soft skills, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and some are really, 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 really good at it. And um, they—I mean, sure, when it comes election time or whatever the hard vote counts and but it's their their soft skills so-called soft skills yeah that have, have gotten them to where they are i mean that's that's what it is and um whether for good or bad doesn't really matter but it's the the whole uh you know manipulation or compassion or you know a good politician needs to be empathic because he needs to know you know he needs to know how to react to the Tune person in. that's standing yeah. a, a, across from him yeah. And if he's if he's not, then you know you become uh, you, you can oh it can be done. It's and true. I mean, say what you like about someone like Tony Blair. I mean, no matter how you you see his politics and what he did and his legacy, he was a man who would walk into a room and it would just be filled with his presence. He had charisma. Yeah. You know, he he won three elections on the trot. He even yeah. won an election after having taken the country into the Iraq War, which was hugely unsupported mm -hmm. and he managed to win an election still that man had those skills honed really well yeah whether consciously or unconsciously yeah. and with that with that, with them with those kind of people i mean making the argument that those skills are soft doesn't really fly it doesn't fly the other the other thing that doesn't fly with me that i'm on on a kind of a on a a mission to change is the perception, the perception that they can't be developed. You know, like I just used Tony Blair as an example and said whether consciously or unconsciously he had honed those skills. And, and, and I think one of the other things that accompanies the, the decision-making when someone is making a decision, do I invest in training my people in these things, is, um, well, they're not trainable. You've either got it or you ain't. And, and I don't know anybody that's got anything that they had at the moment of birth, like everything that we have developed in our social repertoire, interpersonal and intrapersonal repertoire, was learned. And I mean, I have, I, I say this with a bit of, um, bit of bias because I believe that it's true and you, you know, you, we see what we want to see. But I know from having been exper through experience of attending workshops and trainings like this, just like you described the, the role playing that you did earlier. These things can be learned. It's just, I think they're put in the, again, here's the bizarre thing we called soft, but they're actually really hard because it's related to the methods that we use to teach them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, they're, not chalk and talk, they're not chalk and talk subjects, these things. You know, no. empathy, good listening skills, um, um, what else? <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. Having being able to to um, patience, patience, think big about things, 
man managing conflict well, de-escalating. We were talking about de-escalating conflict. These are um, these are hard to teach if we use old style traditional teaching methods. And I think that's where people sometimes come unstuck too. They go, "Oh, look, we've sent people on these courses before. Nothing changed." Um, Wow, I don't see any point. They can't be taught. You've either got it or you ain't. So, you know, I think people like Tony Blair will have invested some of his life into knowing how to do the thing that he does well. Sickening as though it may be. Oh, <laughs> some yeah. folks. It's, it's, it's extremely important. Um, and, and let's just, you know, for the sake of the podcast, uh, consider being a politician a worthwhile and honest profession where you just have to learn a certain skill in order to <laughs> to be successful at it um yeah i mean the same goes for you know business people i mean they they also need a certain level of especially international business people they need to be really 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 good if you if you travel from the east to the west yeah i mean yeah. you have to have very good skills in order and either skills you know that you can really learn uh, you know, grind through learning a culture mm -hmm. uh, in, in like behavioral study or profiling or whatever you want. And, yeah. Uh, or you need to be so adaptable. You know, you need to be able to read people. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. All yeah. those micro, those little micro cues that you read with, you know, from other people and developing a, a, a kind of a flexibility to respond to that. In a, in in a, it is not a step one step two thing. So it is a it's a really, um, um, well, for want of a better word, I can't think of you know a really useful thing for people to learn in a day when we are doing more of our work you know face to face with people, not with yeah. machines. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 about using if you're going to do some of these things that are around leadership or communication or culture or those what we kind of might lump in the soft stuff um there's something about using transformational learning processes as well not old style transactional ones yeah because that was going to be my question right i mean sure we can determine uh, how how it for me anyway how it was done and that had some success but you know there were reasonably superficial you know emotions that you have to deal with and yeah. uh, nothing long term or nothing really intense or something. It's just you know how do you deal with an angry client? I mean I don't want to put it down too much, um, but there are definitely different levels. I mean when you're dealing on, with project management, you're already dealing with with different kind of people, uh, and the higher you get, the more tricky things get, the more yeah, political absolutely. things get, and all those yeah. kind of things. So uh, I'm sure that I would not have been able to learn everything the way that we the way we learned it and so you know you kind of get to the point where right so how do we you know if, if i'm a manager and i go like i want my team to be um uh for, for just using uh, some old school uh, <laughs> ancient uh, terminology i'm a manager and i want my team my people uh my uh my uh, resources, uh, my yeah, assets. my resources, my my, my direct assets. reports, my direct reports, yeah, <laughs> my, my my FTEs, yeah, my FTEs, yeah. <laughs> but not uh, my part timers, not my part timers, not my part timers because they don't, my FTEs. yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
right. Yeah, they only need to be half as nice to people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I can, you know, eliminate them quickly enough. Um, if I have a team, and I, I and I go like, you know, it's just a very useful thing they have. They have a lot of contact information of, uh, you know, contact with clients, customer, and uh, so they can use all the help they can get. Uh, dealing that and uh, the market's getting a little bit harsher so um, um, you know they really need to learn that I mean they, they know a lot but you know sometimes it uh, it escalates uh, yeah. uh, significantly and I need to deal with that so then I go like in I go eight eight zero eight hundred John Q shift and go like dude help me out and then you say well we can do some transformational learning and then I say, yeah. well, isn't that what we've been doing? And then you say, no, because you've been doing transactional <laughs> learning. And then I go like, so, John, what the hell is transformational learning? Well, it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's a thing I have had conversations with with um, past clients in the early kind of beginning conversations stage. When there is that question that people have of, well, look, somebody else has come and told me that they'll train our people to do this, and it didn't happen. So I'll just get a little curious and find out how it is that they tried to do the training. How, what was the process they used? And by and large, I'm talking sort of 12 years ago when we first started out, less so these days. People were reporting that they were kind of, they were workshop, they weren't workshops. For me, a workshop is a place where work happens and that the work happens with the people who are attending. They were seminars where they were largely chalk and talk. Um, they tended to be one-off. So it would be a half day something or even a full day something if they were feeling generous. Um, it was mostly content orientated. So if the subject matter was um, how to have challenging performance conversations, um, just following on from our previous podcast, it would be mostly content. So you'd come away with the 10 top tips of how to have challenging conversations. Or it would be step one, step two. Step one, say this. Say something nice to make the person feel at ease. Step two, say something Process. else nice so that they feel that you like them. Step three, give them the challenging feedback. Step four, run away because you know nothing in human communication is step one, step two. So I would find out a little bit from clients that what they had tried before, the, the, the intention and the essence was good, but it was like they rolled out something that a training provider had applied a very transactional way. So transactional means I, I, I will, it's a transaction. If you sit down and open your eyes and open your ears and pay attention, the transaction is I will then give you some information. That's the transaction. Mm -hmm. But things that are around those people skills are not transactional. Transactional stuff is really good if you want to train somebody how to use an Excel spreadsheet. That Fact. stuff, that facts. Yeah, it's it's facts, it's facts and contents and information. So it's predominantly factual. It's, it's usually methodical, step by step, linear, sequential, mm -hmm. um, and it's about what to do. So if you want to use an Excel spreadsheet, this is how you do it. They might take you on a little simulation where they'll let you try it out, so you can see how to, you know, where the bits on the computer are. Yeah. yeah. By the end of it, though, you could demonstrate that you knew how to use an Excel spreadsheet, and you could also demonstrate your return on investment because you would notice all your staff are using Excel spreadsheets really well expect they're using them for everything <laughs> but suddenly you've got these people who've got skills in using excel spreadsheets if you're going to teach that sort of thing you want to teach using processes which are the more chalk and talk um, information transfer type of thing 
because that's the sort of information that the neocortex of the brain receives and stores. The stuff that revolves any, well, basically anything that involves human emotion, which is what gets lumped as soft skills, that it's really important that you use a process which, which, which fires off the limbic system. It's that little tiny piece right in the center of the brain which is a bit more prim quite a lot more primitive than the neocortex. It's the non-thinking brain. And if you're going to use if you're going to use a process which activates that part of the brain as well as the neocortex, which is I think what a transformational process is, you're going to do something which is more experiential, like a role play. So interested right at the beginning when you said some of it stuck, that stuck. Well, you did something experiential because when exactly. you are involving your whole body, your limbic system is beginning to go. When you're dealing with, even it's a simulated role play, the guy who's behaving like the angry CEO, your emotions, whether you like it or not, start to fire off. And if you learn something in, in a particular state, it's more likely that it will remain when that state returns to you. So the next time you hear an angry voice who's complaining about something, the learning kind of comes back. And the only way that you know that you've learned it is to be in that real-life situation subsequently. That's what I was saying to you before about you knew that you had learned something when you were, when you were bringing your conflicts, your, um, your incidents to a close quicker. That was the test. Exactly. And, and it's something that because when, you, when, you're, um, when he's acting out, the angry client, mm -hmm. I mean, your rational brain goes like, I know you're acting. I know it's not, it's not real. But your lizard brain, That's he right. goes like, whoa, 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 dude, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. That's right. What the That's hell right. is happening? That's and, right. And yeah. that is, uh, I mean, especially when it overwins, because uh, I think I've had it anecdote before, but um, in one of the previous podcasts, but there was a colleague of mine and the teacher was just able to push all his buttons. You know, yeah, got like ding, 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 and he just blew. Yeah, and yep. it was very illustrative. I mean, it was yeah. really, it was so well done, and and he just went berserk, and it was he was out of the room, and it was great to see. It was sad for him, but it was great to see. And it was it's good great learning. to see as an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was totally. good learning. I mean, it's. I mean, back then, I mean, the word transformational didn't exist. Right, uh, mm. we didn't know. I didn't know about you know the limbic dingus or your mm. lizard brain or your you know those kind of things. We didn't. They weren't mentioned. Yeah, but they were activated all the time. They were activated. They're there. Absolutely, we take them with us wherever we go. Mm. And I think behind this is one of the reasons, one of the key reasons, and I might be lessening, of of why people struggle to to sign on the dotted line and and invest in these so-called soft things, the people stuff. Because transformational learning and, and the transformational subject matter, it can be frustrating for people because the, the so-called results are not evident in lots of notes and handouts and stuff like that. You know, the learning, the learning comes, is evident when you're in the situation where you require it. And it's funny um, because we all know that now, right? We know before, uh, for instance, before, yeah. I'm starting to speak Dutch. Um, the, the our school system, and I think it's it might be a little bit better than the American or the U.S. school system, but that's completely based on fact retainment. Yeah. Right. Any any test 
that you do in school is about how well did you retain fact. Yeah. You know, and numbers yeah. and dates. And, you, know. you see, I, I'm convinced increasingly that that's where it starts, is that we, we, we get this ingrained idea of what learning and education means because that's what just we experience for school. So when it comes time to us to be in the workplace, say then you graduate on to be a manager, you're resistant to invest money and let your staff off for these things because well, that education is sitting at school and having information transferred to you. But in your heart, in, in, uh, in your brain, you know that's not the case. But something inside you deep goes, yeah, no, I'm, I want to see the classroom and the chalk and talk and the handouts afterwards so people can come back to work and share their learning with a handout. And I think, well, good luck with that if you're training difficult conversations skills. And they're the worst too because you always have a bunch of slides without any context. Oh, I know. Without the story, go, you know, the supportive, <laughs> you know, and it's just... They're completely useless, and it's really sad when they're printed out, and you see everybody walk out the door with a stack of papers, oh, and thick, and it's just it's such a waste because they go all into the bin. I mean, I, I used to save them, put them in a map or in a folder, you know, and then put them in the cupboard, and that that'll be that. I mean, you never look. Yeah, sometimes when there's a useful slide with a couple yeah. of statistics or facts or something or numbers that you can refer to, you know, that's useful. You know, but without I, context, I, slides are just. I recently tweeted something and uh, it was, I have never, I don't know how to use and I have never used a PowerPoint in any of my workshops. Mm -hmm. And I consider that a badge of honor. <laughs> what do you think? And I think I got two people back going, good, good on you. And it's true. I have never used a PowerPoint because I wouldn't know where to start with how to set a PowerPoint up to use in a workshop that I do. Because the stuff I do doesn't require transfer of information and fact in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. it's, it's done more experientially. Mm -hmm. the, other, the other thing around doing transformational stuff, it, it feels a little bit mis more mysterious. You know, we don't see the results immediately, but also because it, it does actually need to happen over time with rehearsal and follow-up. And I think there's a skepticism amongst people who, who spend money on training. Like, well, I can only release my staff for a day. You know, and I, I've had to say to people in the past, I'm sorry, but we, we can't deliver. If you want the thing that you say you want, yeah. th this is, this is the way. It's not going to happen is, in this, a day. This is the way we're going to do it. And yeah. we may or may not be correct. But I know from your past experiences that doing the one-off event hasn't made the changes, the deep changes that you would like people to um, have the opportunity to experience. So it's a, it's a, it is a very kind of, it's, it's divergent, it's unpredictable, it's developmental. It's actually, it's, transformational learning is, is kind of messy just like we humans are. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the joy I find in it. I see, I love that sort of thing. And I've done very transactional training type things in the past. And my boredom level, I just, I couldn't for very long. It, it serves a purpose. And it was useful. Then my point around this anyway is, if you <laughs> What's want to... What's your point, John? If, you, if you're trying to learn a particular thing... Choose your process very carefully. So if you do want to teach, get people to learn how to use an Excel spreadsheet, make sure that they're going to, a, to a, a workshop or a seminar setting which is going to effectively transfer that information. Yeah. The chalk and talk and the, the PowerPoint slides and all that stuff is really good for that. If you want people to learn something regarding communication skills or leadership or people skills, make sure that you're not sending them to something which is a one-off with no rehearsal no experience, and it's just an information transfer because they'll end up with 10 top tips. 
yeah, and come, exactly. Yeah, come yeah, back yeah, to work true. feeling frustrated, going, but I've done the training. I've done the training. Why can't I? It's like because a trans- transformational process teaches focuses on how to do something, not what uh, to it's, do. It's, all, it's, it's worse than that because you get a certain attitude. The people get an attitude where they go and they just tick it off their list. I mean, yeah, I went to that training. So, no, exactly. Was it was it, was it any, anything useful? No, not really. No. But tying into the last episode about reimagining the uh, performance That's and, right. and those kind of things, I mean, comes the biannual uh, review, you can say, yeah, I did that training. I mean, that's what happened to us, right? I mean, they yeah. put a certain training on your goals for that half year. And then you have your uh, review and then they and did you go to the training? Yeah, and they tick off the box. They don't go like, did you learn anything? Yeah, you know, you, or what is you... it that you learned, or what, anything like that, or was it useful, or how did how did it help you do your job better? No, did you yeah. go to the training? Yes, tick. Yeah. So, and are you a different person through it? Oh, uh, totally, totally. No, I'm not a really. better man. I'm a better. Are you better? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I've grown so much. <laughs> thanks to those trainings and and thanks to those ticking off the boxes that I did. Yeah, I like the thing that you 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 mentioned earlier too. I wanted to come back to around the um, you can transfer it to other parts of your life, and I think that's something that's and other people. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when you did that stuff around um, so conflict resolution and dealing with difficult customers and stuff, how much of that do you think leaked <laughs> in, into your normal out of work life? <laughs> How much does it change you? <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> well, not, I think. Uh, only, you're still, you're only, still married. I'm still married, but I think yeah. that the, the credit for that goes to, uh, to my significant other instead of me. Um, I have grown, but I, uh, I, I don't think I'm that much of the reason. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Um, no, not, not you, much. You, the you only, only you could do with a self confidence workshop. <laughs> I could do, yeah, uh, true, true, maybe. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. Anyway, John, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, um, lost my point. Sorry, I uh, no. I, your question was, did I take anything of it? Uh, no, not really. Yeah. The only the only thing that I can think of that actually stuck that was um, um, instead of saying to you, I think you talk too much on the podcast, John. Mm. Uh, it would be, John. You know, there's something that's bothering me, or there's something that's been on my mind lately, and. Um, you know, I feel that when we do a podcast, and I, I I've looked back at it a couple of times, uh, I I think I believe I feel that you talk more than I do. So it would be very helpful for me if we could do something about that. That's what I learned. Right. <laughs> and that can be useful, but uh, not really. So no, because you know they, they were not. I mean, I could say you could say they were transformational because some of yeah. the things did stick, and uh, but it was so limited. It was so specific to a certain uh, situation mm. that it's difficult to apply outside of that. You know, it would be much more useful if you can do a, a broader uh, 
you know, um, um, set. If you if you if you would cover a broader set of skills rather mm -hmm. than just the one. I mean, what we did yeah, there, it yeah, was yeah. one day, you know, and it was one day where you learn how to deal with an angry client on the other right, end of right, the phone right. or in the office. That is what you learn. That is the only thing that we were focusing on. Mm. Not how it connects into other things or, you know, you don't learn on where you uh, deal with other things and, and you know, it's, it's very specific to a specific topic within a specific context. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, yeah. Um, it should be a little bit broader than that. And, um, I mean, if you can go through a certain uh, spectrum of uh, emotions and, and things mm. to deal with. Um, I think it would be much more intense. And uh, I think it definitely on the long term would be much more useful. Was this the one I've heard you've described, I think, in a previous podcast where you, you found that you were, you, you were you kind of emotionally, particularly emotionally challenged or you had some buttons pushed for you because there was somebody who was doing a role play that was particularly confronting that you found that you got stuck with. No, that was with the other guy that I said. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't me. Oh, oh okay. Okay, because I've, I've heard you describe before a time where you felt that you'd had your buttons pushed. Well, I've had my buttons pushed. <laughs> 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 yeah, sure. My, well, uh, you've, 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 get, you've gained something from those experiences. Well, yeah, you're, I think if you get too angry, then... Um, you lose sight of what it is that you actually want to learn. But uh, coming back to the lizard brain, it, it does leave an impact. You know, it, it does leave something behind. Yeah. And uh, whether that's necessarily a good or a bad thing, that is something that is, um, I think, left to be determined. Because, you know, if you create an angry person and your lizard brain reacts to that in a negative way, you know, uh, instead of fight you flight or whatever it is you want to call it uh, I mean it, it it has to be nurtured right it has to be it has to be connected to a certain behavior in order yeah. to be successful yeah, and yeah if you yeah. I, I think this for instance with with my colleague because uh, it really wasn't me um, with, <laughs> with I'm, my pretty colleague, sure, I'm pretty I'm, sure I've heard you describe it in the past <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I might have buried. If you're listening, it. go and look at listen to previous podcasts. I'm sure. <laughs> all right, right. Well, you go listen to all 19 of them and see if you can find it. And um, um, I, I, I don't know, obviously, because I, I haven't really discussed it with him mm. back then. But there's a fair chance that um, he did not, or back then anyway, associate anything positive with that behavior because he got so angry. Right, yeah, of course. Yeah. Right, and uh, if that's the case, then it's pretty sad because, you know, he went through, through a lot of emotions and if then it just doesn't uh, instill a, a positive reaction or in the sense that uh, a useful reaction, let me put it that way. Um, yeah, that's sad. So it needs to be, uh, you know, for some people, it's really not that difficult to mm. get somebody riled up, right? To push them over the edge. Once yeah. you, once you, I mean, bullies are very good you at it. They, yeah, they, they pick the people out and they just go, ding, 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 bang. You know, some yeah, people yeah, are yeah, really yeah. good at it. Uh, siblings yeah. are really good at it. 
but uh, siblings are really good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but some people are really good at and but triggering such a reaction it's very illustrative for the rest of the yeah. group but it can be very damaging for the one that's it's being done to being and, done to of course it can um, yeah yeah i mean this person was not i mean he did what he did and he did it well but i'm sure that he is not on the level where you are as far as depth you know into the human psyche where you know that some things can have a lasting effect uh, sometimes negative so you have to be wary of that so I think there's I think there's a care that you have to take but but any any of these processes that are experiential that that lead to the situations you've described people having buttons pushed and feeling of being in the room um, they are by nature high intensity I mean uh, somebody I can remember years ago from Melbourne Business School divide divide define these processes as high-intensity relational process, learning processes, and that's exactly what they are. They are high-intensity. And for me, I have a great comfort with it, but it seems, and it, so it's easy for me to say, it seems that that's the most sensible thing to do if you're developing skills that you will deploy in an, emotional, an emotionally charged context, that you have to be comfortable facilitating a role play or something because emotions will come out. You can't pretend that they won't. Exactly. They will. They have yeah. to. Otherwise, it's pointless to do it in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. It is something that you have to deal with. I mean, your soft skills yeah. need to be exquisite in order yeah. to... Uh, I'll just keep calling them soft skills. But. <laughs> we'll just keep... There'll be... Yeah, until we find another word for it. But, yeah. Write a blog post about it. Just, just start with the premise. Change the name... Soft skills, and then just start writing and see where it ends. I, I, see if I you can come up with anything. I'm, I'm actually nearly done one. Yeah. Oh, there you it's go. Been on, it's been on my mind. I've read a few things recently that have inspired me to write about right. this right. sort of stuff again. Right. Yeah. Ah. So, yeah. So, I mean, say that I indeed just had like this one training where with this one topic within one specific. Uh, context it still took a whole day it was a classroom full it was maybe sure. a dozen people I think maybe something like that but so it took a whole day mm. and there was some interaction there was some role-playing yeah, yeah. Um, when, you, when you talk about dealing with a, a team or a group of people um, or a little community small community how much time do you you know plan uh, for for having some effect um yeah so i mean it's it's a question i'm faced with all the time when i'm speaking with um clients just we're getting to the contracting stage and i i mean part of it's like and i don't say this to clients because it doesn't it's not so useful how long is a piece of string because you can go on developing yourself forever yeah, until sure. the day you die you know but it has to be within certain um, boundaries to be, you know, appropriate for people taking time out of their work and all that stuff. I guess on average, um, I would probably plan between three and five workshops, and some of that it might be a mixture of half days or full days. It depends on the the nature and the intensity of the subject matter that we're going to be focusing around. Um, in the past, like I've done, you know, five full day. Um, sort of spaced out over every three weeks um, pretty intense things for doing leadership stuff 
it would depend on the kind of leadership stuff they wanted to grow. Um, if it was doing some difficult conversations type training, it could be, you know, th three, three or four half days or two full days with some space in between them, something like that. And it's very much a negotiation that I, I do with clients around what works for you in terms of your time frames and your scheduling. And when there's some constraints on it, I'll say, well, you know, be aware that the thing that you we've discussed that you're trying to achieve may not come to fruition fully, or it may take a little time after the workshops for this stuff to become evident because people are still trying to um, absorb it and integrate it. And the limbic brain learns much slower than the, the neocortex. So that's another yeah, sure. factor of people coming away from these role play things going, oh, I didn't learn anything. And then you surprise yourself in the middle of a conflict <laughs> with an angry customer. You put the phone down and you go, God, where did that come from? And I've had people in workshops report that to me months months afterwards They're like i didn't think anything had really happened in the workshops until i found myself in this argument with you know one of my peers and i went i've you know surprised myself in how i performed because um, it's it's interesting to hear because if 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 you take if you go back and 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 by now it's it's oh how many years ago 20 not not 20 yeah no 18 years or something so it, it's it's been a while or I don't know and uh, but the thing is that we were just um, you know we had you go that's when you go uh, uh, we can he can hold this many people in the class so that's how many people will go now right and yeah. the next day he's oh he, he's free too. Well, we book another 12 people you know and, and and so on and so forth and you go through the process you're ticking off the uh, things that you have to go to in order yeah. to go to. What you're saying is that you're just, and and this is also with, uh, you know, a more uh, all-encompassing social business change. Um, mm. You don't get a package off the shelf and say, "Well, this is it. This is the package." We start no, that's right. Monday and we work blah 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 blah, and we end Friday at. And yeah. there's lunch, woohoo! You know, and because it doesn't work that way. I mean, it is custom, and you have it to is. do yeah, because you know that's kind of the nature of the beast, right? I mean, you're dealing with people, so uh, we we did we did do a, a I mentioned it a couple of times already a difficult conversations program once with a um, local government organization that took a year to roll out. Because they wanted every single manager who had staff to manage, directly manage, to attend this program. So there were seven groups, I think. It's divided into seven groups. And while we had a similar um, sort of direction that we were heading, so that people felt more resourced to have these conversations around performance, um, every group did have its own flavor because every person in the group was different. You know, some groups. Um, felt there was more there was more tension in the room because they were kind of having some or tippy-toeing around each other because they wanted to have some difficult conversations with each other so it was very slowly that that kind of thing progressed other groups it, it there was um they felt much friendlier and warmer towards each other and it just seemed to have a different flavor to it but at the end of it what happened is everybody had a kind of common had developed a common language if you like around um, 
we have a culture where we can talk about performance and that had shifted and everybody had developed their own style of having these conversations. Towards the end of it, one of the senior managers, if it wasn't the CEO, said to us, this thing is, um, who incidentally also attended the program at a certain point and said, um, I'm getting all kinds of staff coming up to me and having really challenging conversations with me. And we laughed and said, well, we did say that, we did, we did warn you that you'd get what you asked for. And he <laughs> laughed. And he laughed. He said, no, no, I think it's delightful because these are the sorts of things that we've needed to talk about for ages. Right. Um, um, so, yeah, it did result in people having more of these types of conversations. But, yeah, like you say, every group would, was different. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've been saying it a lot I've, ever since that I, I, I got to know you and know what you're doing. I've been saying it like with every transition within a company, any change, especially transitions uh, from a certain state to a different state, um, need someone like you on a retainer in order to guide the people through and just bring them up to a certain level. Um, mm. I think it's very, and I think if you want to change the name from soft skills to anything else, uh, I'd almost call it just mandatory skills or, mm. you know, people skills. And yeah. um, um, it sounds a bit generic, but, you know, that is the single most important thing that we have to deal with in our working life is with other people. Yeah, We cannot do what it is that we need to do if we do not work with other people. There's just a handful of people that are, you know, mm. that don't need any people at all, and uh, mm, mm, mm. especially in, in, the, in the sectors that we are active in. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, mm. I don't know how long you've got it, but I think we've, uh, we've uh, hit our mark. I think we've hit our mark. Huh? I think we've hit our mark. Yeah. I think we hit our mark. We hit. We've yeah. hit our mark, and we've made our point. Um, we'll we'll have some additional reading, uh, add to the show notes, uh, also the post that you mentioned, because yeah. then you're forced to finish it before we publish the. Post right. Notes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> that 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 that, that yeah. was some people skills right there. That's good. That's, that's, that's highly motivating. I will do that. Highly motivating. There you go. That's all we want. Um, so any famous last words? I think you've, you've had them all, right? No. Good. Then we're going to... Next week, next week, next week it's, your, it's your turn. And, and then at the end of it, I'll say, and you need to finish your blog post. So that... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now we'll, we'll talk about the, uh, the, the gardening metaphor. Um, it's, that's a good it's, one. It's almost finished. Yeah, we'll write that down. Anyway, yeah. let's finish it because people get really boring. Um, bored. Bored. They're not boring. <laughs> We're boring. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes my English is failing me a little bit. Uh, I can't even do. I can't even do a proper Dutch accent in my English anymore. Um, anyway, thank you for listening. Um, we'll talk to you um, in a couple of weeks' time or one week time or you know close by. Thanks for listening. Go to rwcast.com and uh, subscribe either to the newsletter or iTunes or anything else you want to subscribe to. But please 
do it so you don't miss a single episode. So for me, Rohir, and for me, John, goodbye. Thank you for listening, goodbye. and until next time.